0: Hey everybody, I'm Phil. And I'm Willow. And it's It's Del Toro Toro time. time. It's Del Toro time and we are back. With episode five of the Cabinet of Curiosities, Ooh.
1: that we are.
0: But before we get started on this week's episode, uh, we have a we have a uh, something to address.
1: Yes. Uh, last week's episode, um, when we were talking about uh, the previous episode, I, I mentioned um, a girl walks home alone at night, and I got the language wrong. It's it's Persian, not Arabic. Um, I wanted to apologize for that. Uh, I will make sure to double check languages before I talk about them again. And to thank. <laughs>
0: Uh, Mm -hmm. one of our listeners, for bringing it to our attention.
1: Yes, thank you for that.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: Very much appreciate
0: it. We do these episodes fairly off the cuff, fairly quickly. We are Mm -hmm. going to miss some things every now and then when it's something major like that. We appreciate it being pointed out yep yeah so uh, yes our our egos are not big
1: no not at all not at
0: all (laughs) like the smallest of egos
1: you do a berenstain bears podcast yeah
0: i'm 46 years old i have three podcasts that's terrible
1: and i'm a college student
0: (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing going on for you
1: (laughs) exactly
0: (laughs) so thank you so much for pointing that out let's move on to this Mm -hmm. week's episode or this day's episode, because we've been putting out two episodes a week, which is awesome for us. Uh,
1: Pickman's model. I want to make sure I get the language actually correct this time. <laughs>
0: uh, the episode is in English.
1: No, I meant for the other. Like, I want to make sure it's, yes, it's Persian. Okay.
0: <laughs> yes. Yo, no, yeah, you did. You called it correctly. You were good. Right. Uh, Pickman's model, which is in English. In fact, it's in n- New English, kind of. <laughs> uh, uh, featuring some of the strangest accents this side of the Mississippi, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and when I say it's Pikmin's Model, I mean it's an episode of Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities titled Pikmin's Model that is suggested by Pikmin's mm-hmm. Model by HP Lovecraft. Now, Willow. Yes. Have you read Pickman's Model by H.P. No, Lovecraft? Pickman's Model I by H.P. Lovecraft, uh, probably one of his most famous short stories, and, and it's a short story. It's a very short story. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to give a basic rundown of the tale, because this is literally the plot: is it's narrated by this guy named Thurber, who is telling a story of something that happened to him. Uh, a local artist named uh, Robert uh, Richard Pickman, uh, who's been kicked out of like the society of the, the art society, invites him over to his house. Uh, Pikman's known for painting uh, paintings that are really upsetting and disturbing and photorealistic of, of ghouls and monsters and he invites Thurber over to his house he's like want to take a look at some of my paintings that I've never shown people Thurber says yes and the paintings are super distressing of ghouls these sort of canine dog-like Humanoids eating bodies, uh, pulling pranks, uh, <laughs> disemboweling people, uh, and all happening like in the local neighborhood. They go down further to his studio in the basement, and he's like, "Yeah, here's where I do all my work. I'm also an amateur photographer. I take uh, pictures for like, you know, just so I can so I can paint more realistic scenery." Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the paintings that he's working on is of this giant ghoul. And Thurber sees that there's a photo uh, tactic, to it, he takes the photo off, but before he can look at it, there's a ruckus. Pikmin runs into the next room, you hear six gunshots, Pikmin comes back and he's like, oh, there were some rats over there. I had to uh I had to shoot him into the air so that to scare him off. You should probably leave now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thurber leaves when he looks at the photo that he's still holding in his hand. He realizes it's a photo of the ghoul that Pikmin had been painting. Pikmin's model was the actual ghoul. These things are real. Also, Pikmin might be related to them. The end. Like, that's the whole story. That's it. That's the whole story. And you're supposed in the last sentence is like he was painting from real life, and you, the reader, was supposed to go, "Oh no, they're real. The ghouls are real, and Pikmin might be one of them." And you find out the ghouls are like kidnapping human babies to turn into ghouls, and also leaving their own babies in place of the babies. So
1: they're, they're changelings.
0: They are sort of changelings. It's implied that Pikmin, and there is some talk of like witchcraft in his in his lineage. Pikmin might actually be one of the changeling babies. Uh, Because his features have been changing and people have been noticing that he's looking less and less like a real person. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's it. And then Pikmin pops up later on in H.P. Lovecraft's dream quest uh, of Unknown Kadath, uh, where he is now fully a ghoul and living in the dreamlands. So uh, we actually get a sequel to Pikmin's model later on in in Lovecraft's work. Uh, But that's that's the story of Pikmin's model. Now, that's not the story... No. Of Gamble de Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities Pickman's Model.
1: Who is the director for this episode?
0: Uh, the director for this episode is Keith Thomas. Do you remember who mm-hmm. Keith Thomas is? Nope. He directed he directed the uh, the recent uh, Firestarter movie.
1: Oh yeah, I I only remember this because you mentioned it last episode.
0: Yeah, and he directed the vigil, and that's kind of it. he did a short film called Arcane that got him a lot of attention. But um, uh, he's uh, he has a master's degree in religious education from the Hebrew Union College in New York. I can tell you that right now. Cool. <laughs> uh, Keith Thomas. So, and it's written by. Um, it's written by, who is the screenwriter in this one? Lee Patterson, who doesn't have a whole lot of credits. He's mostly a writer for the TV series Colony and a producer of Colony, which I've never heard of. Uh, he wrote one screenplay called Curve, and he's done this episode. So I don't know much about Lee Patterson. I
1: apologize. This is a good episode. I liked this episode a lot. Yeah, I really liked it. I think it might be one of my favorites so far.
0: And it's funny because I, I I didn't have this episode spoiled for me, but I did have a lot of people talking about how much they disliked it. So I was expecting it to be bad. Mm-hmm. Like I was expecting it to just be, uh. Because Pickman's Model's been adapted. It was adapted into an episode of Night Gallery back in the 70s that I watched. It's on mm-hmm. archive.org. And it's bad. It's like 30 minutes long, and it feels like it's two hours long. And it's all about a woman. like Because there's so little plot in Pickman's Model, you have to. Sort of flesh it out a lot. There's no characters in Pikmin. Like, Pikmin's not a character. He's just mm-hmm. a, a Lovecraft. Like, he just, he's, it's an idea. The whole story is an idea that there's these ghouls that live in a warren's underground and they are replacing human babies and that this is just going to keep happening. Uh, mm-hmm. And so you kind of have to flesh it out. So, the, like, the one adaptation, like, he has a, like, the character of Thurber is actually a woman who's dating him. She's obsessed with him. And so she wants to know more about him. And he's like this young, handsome guy with a huge head of hair. Uh, because no one even knows, they never even say how old old Pikmin is in the story. Like, he's just an artist. Um, So this episode is very, like, just... They took the basic short story, but they went a completely different direction with it.
1: Here's the thing that I have to say about H.P. Lovecraft adaptations. Yes. H.P. Lovecraft does not work as a visual medium.
0: Not really, no.
1: It's very much a... Because movies are all about showing and, yep. and seeing and not telling. And H.P. Lovecraft is very much about telling and not showing.
0: And and <laughs> suggesting.
1: Yeah. Like, like if you're going to make a TV adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft, you're going to have to do away with a lot of what he does with his stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. And because so much of what he does in his stuff, and especially in this story, mm-hmm. is, say... I the 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 narrator Thurber in the story is like I'm not easily put off by like grotesque paintings I love and he lists a bunch of like famous painters who work mm-hmm. in the grotesque he's like it's not that it's not the sub it's not what he was painting it's how he painted it that's what he keeps saying he's like you look at his paintings and they are so realistic it's mm-hmm. visceral like it just it creates a response in you which of course you can say that in a short story yeah just fine but mm-hmm. then in a TV episode you have to show it.
1: Yeah. And that's hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard because I mean most most people who've watched, who watch horror movies are have seen some pretty messed up stuff.
1: Yeah, and and it's one thing to be like these photorealistic paintings of horrible gore put me off. It's another thing to try and get that same feeling in people who watch movies with photorealistic gore in them all the time.
0: <laughs> Plus you have to hire someone to make these images mm-hmm. and so you have to like hire someone whose work can do like so. What instead of that, the only other option you have is to simply never show the paintings and only show people's reactions to them. Yeah, uh, which is which is a, an option. Like I think it's a legitimate thing to do. But what they did here instead is the paintings actually have a visceral effect, like a, a mm-hmm. physical effect on the viewer.
1: The, pa- the the scenes where we watched the paintings made me a little nauseous.
0: <laughs> they yeah, I mean he basically first of all the close-ups of the. Whoops, I just dropped a Coke can. Uh, <laughs> the close-ups of the painting, the, one of the pro, a, a technical issue I have with this. They show a close-up of the paintings. You don't see brush strokes. It's clearly mm-hmm. a print on yeah. like on a on some sort of uh, canvas but it it's a print like they get too close up and too high def Mm -hmm. and you're like this isn't an actual painting I had a problem with that why Um, didn't
1: they just did they just do digital art for it it was probably
0: digital art yeah I mean and the paintings
1: way too long if it wasn't
0: (laughs) the paintings move subtly but in like they look like Flash animation from, like, 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the paintings themselves, but the way they move, which yeah. is unsettling in its own way mm-hmm. and does create that kind of motion-sick sort of, like, fluid movement. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's not ineffective, but mm-hmm. it's not that the paintings are scary that gets him. Because what ends up happening to our main character, Thurber? Thurber is our still our main character. Uh,
1: well, Peter Parker, uh, as, <laughs> as he looks. Um.
0: So you think he looks like Spider-Man.
1: At the beginning, when he's young, he looks like Peter Parker. Yeah. Yeah. And then you said that when he's old,
0: he looks like Jane, Jonah Jameson.
1: Yeah. Anyways, so yeah. and he's are, played are, by he's
0: played by Ben Barnes, who our audience probably knows as Prince Caspian from the uh, uh, Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe movies.
1: Who plays um, Pikmin?
0: Uh we'll get to him, because uh, okay. he's the he's the famous actor in this one. Yeah. But, I was uh, like,
1: he looks very familiar. But, uh
0: <laughs> Ben Thurber, he's also in Westworld. He's he is a main character in Westworld. Uh the Punisher TV series. He was Billy Russo in that. And he is General Kierrigan in the Shadow and Bone TV series. So he is all over the place. He's also mm-hmm. he's also a musician. Uh he's just he is a he's a British actor, which definitely comes through sometimes yes. when his British accent just comes out in this episode
1: Mm -hmm. i thought he did a really good job in this episode no
0: he's really good he commits
1: yeah Yeah. um but basically what happens is he's an art student at hp lovecraft university Mm -hmm. uh i can't remember the name of it it is miskatonic
0: Um, university it's 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 the miskatonic uh Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, he he's he's a talented or well he is a standard student who does mm -hmm. standard really well
0: yeah, he's a he's a he's a serviceable artist,
1: mm-hmm. uh, and he meets the new student Pikmin, who
0: is not doesn't age
1: in this episode.
0: Well, okay, so Crispin Glover plays Pikmin. Mm-hmm. Crispin Helian Glover—that's uh, his actual name—who uh, is who is now fifty-eight years old. They never explain why Pikman, who is already an incredible artist, is in this school in the first place and is so much older than all the other students. Um, now, you probably know Crispin Glover best from Back to the Future, where he plays George McFly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, of course, he was in A Million Things. He's in uh, he's in even Cowgirls Get the Blues. He's in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Uh, he's in the remake of Willard. He's in the Alice in Wonderland movie. Uh, he's in Charlie's Angels. He's just in everything. He was in American Gods as Mr. World. Like Crispin Glover is just in everything. He's also a film maker in his own right he's also an author in his own right he's also a recording artist in his own right chris McGlover is a very odd man uh famously banned from the late night with david letterman For trying to karate kick David Letterman in the head. Fair uh, enough. Crispin Glover, a very strange dude. Did the greatest cover of The Man on the Flying Trapeze you've ever heard in your life. Did the greatest cover of These Boots Were Made for Walking that you've ever heard in your life. Crispin Glover. Uh, he does a really good job of this as well. He is freaking great as Pikmin, And he is doing an accent that nobody has ever heard yep. in the history of humanity. <laughs> what would you call this accent?
1: I- it sounded like a British New Yorker.
0: He was like, he's doing such an extreme thing fake new england accent and knowing crispin glover i'm like this is something i believe he created himself that he mm-hmm. worked on for a long time that he's doing intentionally to make him seem like some sort of weird alien monster because he's yep. like i'm am a good uh painter like i i'm sort of talking like i'm from uh the east coast but i'm also talking like i couldn't place it it's weird
1: yeah it yeah. was it did a very the weird mesh of accents in this did a very good job of putting me off
0: <laughs> it's arkham like, he they live in arkham yeah. they're in arkham massachusetts it,
1: just, it makes no sense
0: <laughs> yeah uh, so even though pickman's model introduces the concept of the ghoul to the world of h.p lovecraft and that's like the first real story that has like the ghouls as a as an intelligent race of creatures and so it's definitely set in his world this episode firmly sets this story in the world of lovecraft mm-hmm. this episode feels like a lovecraft not necessarily something Lovecraft would have written himself, but yeah. it feels like a piece of Lovecraftiana, like uh, that you would read in a like, one of the many like collections of short stories of people writing in Lovecraft's world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because what happens when... So, yeah, so uh, Pigment invites... Art invi- school,
1: they meet each other. Yeah. Uh, uh, he invites uh, William, as they call him throughout the, the episode, uh, the main character, to his house, his yeah. apartment. Uh, William goes. He sees a bunch of freaky paintings. He sees one very particular freaky painting leaves, throws up, sees his partner's father... Sleeping with a rotting woman in a carriage. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of weird time stuff happening in this episode, which is another thing that is off-putting.
0: <laughs> right. So uh, he starts seeing things, but you're never mm-hmm. really made clear what specifically he's seeing. Like, yeah. he sees like sort of phantoms walking around, this weird black mist, uh, this sort of witch who keeps appearing. Mm-hmm. Um, um. So we find out that that uh. Pink Dickman's grandmother,
1: great-grandmother,
0: great-grandmother was a witch named uh, Lavinia. Mm-hmm. And Lavinia is a character from the Dunwich Horror. Uh, Lovecraft's the Dunwich Horror. Lavinia Waitley is one of the most famous Lovecraft characters. And she is actually a, I believe, a child of, or no, she's pregnant with the child of Yugsatha, mm-hmm. one of one of Lovecraft's. Old ones. Yeah. Um, and so she's impregnated with this, like, monster baby that she then, then Wilbur, she has Wilbur Waitley. It becomes this whole thing. So it's interesting that they are tying Lavinia Waitley, because it has to be, like, mm-hmm. it has to be intended, because Yug sothoth gets mentioned several times in the episode. Uh, they're kind of trying to tie that, that storyline into this. Mm-hmm. Even though Lavinia Wately wasn't a witch, she was just a she was a daughter of a wizard and. I mean you
1: know, the the whole the, the, it never comes right out and says that she's a witch. I don't think just that she was burned as a witch.
0: Right, but she's she's up to something.
1: She's up to something. She's surrounded <laughs> by sorcerers. Yeah. She eats her husband. <laughs>
0: she eats her husband. She's surrounded by sorcerers. Yeah. Uh, she's not nice. No. No. Um, she's she's at least a, a some sort of magic user.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so he sees the painting, freaks out, throws up, goes home, sleeps in. Because he's had like a nightmare of some kind. He misses a party where he's supposed to meet his partner's parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets pissed off at him. Because he freaks out at the party. Yeah. And the entire time, I was like, "He, he looks like he has a fever. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you acting like he's he's a devil?" Yeah, she's um, very
0: unsympathetic to his plight.
1: And then there's a time skip.
0: <laughs> yeah, like you think that she's left him for good because she's like, "Get out of here!" And then, like, as a time jump, he now has gray hair. It's like 1929. 26. And uh, and he's he's his hair is gray. Later on, it mentions that he has shell shock, so you assume that he fought in the war
1: and that uh, he was an alcoholic at some point
0: yeah like they they just sort of mention a few things
1: which would explain why she thought he was drunk and not sick
0: (laughs) right um but time has passed he's doing well they have a nice house he's running an art gallery oh Mm -hmm. and Pikmin had disappeared at the end of at the end of the episode he went back to the apartment and Pikmin had cleared out all that was left was a bunch of scary drawings on the wall Mm -hmm. uh but then a painting arrives for him from Pikmin. it's one of Pikmin's paintings and this sets up a whole new string of of bad bad times for him
1: yeah It, it seems like he from what we get later in the episode like he had been criticizing or like working with pikmin for like years
0: no because pikmin disappeared at the end of yeah, that time and like there was a time jump. like i think that pikmin just appreciated what he said i think it's just kind of sloppy writing
1: mm-hmm.
0: because uh because yeah there's a time jump and he clearly hasn't seen pikmin in that time yeah like
1: what i got from him him being like wrap up the painting and send the check to the artist it felt like he had been doing that for Pikmin for a while huh like he just he would just keep sending him checks and because Pikmin says later on like you've been like i i really need your criticism and 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 like you've been supporting my work these years or whatever right um I think it's just it's it's hard because of the time skip to really understand what happened.
0: It is. Yeah, I don't I think it's interesting. I don't think that the time skip was necessary except they had to give him a son. Yeah. So they're like, well, it's years later, he's married, he ends up married to this woman and they have a son now. And the I mean, son is like 8 or so.
1: They could have significantly lessened the the time skip by having like him freaking out at the party, her like yelling at him and then him finding pikmin has gone and then like a week later she's like, "I'm sorry I freaked out at you. I found out I'm pregnant."
0: Like <laughs> or or when the story starts, he's a married man with a kid. Yeah. Who's an art dealer or an art gallery owner, and he meets Pickman, and this all happens within like a week. Like I don't yeah. understand. Like I, I think the biggest flaw is that they they started it in art school for no reason because Pickman's clearly an older man. Like they yeah, even say like, he's like 80 years old.
1: Like have him be a like if you still want to have the university in there, have him be like an art professor who also deals with like other work.
0: <laughs> right. Have yeah. Have Thurber be a be the art teacher. Yeah. And he's a frustrated artist. That I means he's supposed to be a frustrated artist. His mm-hmm. his wife says like you never made it as an artist or whatever he can still be that and teach like that's that's not an uncommon narrative
1: <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. yeah and then yeah and
0: then Pikmin shows up and he's trying to get his art showed
1: and then there doesn't need to be a weird time skip
0: right um, the only the only thing that the time skip really helps is that when when thurber has nightmares you know they're nightmares because he no longer has them he doesn't have a mustache because he's dreaming mm-hmm. that he's younger again like that's kind I mean, of the only it's like a visual signifier but uh
1: you also know they're nightmares because they're weird af
0: right he has nightmares <laughs> about like uh pickman's grandmother hosting these like feasts of living animals and and severed body parts human body mm-hmm. parts um in the paintings Uh, you see people have a carving in their forehead yeah uh and that is okay so (laughs) that symbol is referred to as the elder sign Mm -hmm. and in lovecraft's work uh he references the elder sign but what's funny is the that drawing of the elder sign is not lovecraftian that drawing of the elder sign comes from i believe it's from like I think it's from the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Nice, uh, but it's been adopted as like the understood elder sign. But mm-hmm. Lovecraft makes it very clear that the elder sign—not that they call it the elder sign in this episode—but the elder sign is a hand signal. Like it's a sign. Yeah. Like it's a—it's the elder sign, and that's you do it, and that's how people know that you're part of this. It's a way of warding off entities. It's—it's
1: it's like the cross thing.
0: Right, but in but in the, the opposite ex- way. An expanded universe <laughs> of the elder sign uh you it's a it's a it's an actual like symbol so yeah. it's funny that they adopted it this way I don't know it's very it's I was look, I, I was actually uh uh, uh uh charmed by it I was like oh yeah. look it's a little like it's the elder sign but
1: it, it, it's probably easier uh for other like because I imagine not everyone who watches the show is as in-depth has an in-depth knowledge of the the Lovecraftian mythos as you do but right, maybe they yeah. understand the pop culture reference yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah. Um by the way, his wife is played by Oriana Lehman. Uh... She is great. She's very good. I really enjoyed I really enjoyed her performance.
1: I like her face. She most really recently weird, but... was
0: in Netflix's Lock and Key, a few that's, episodes of that.
1: I think that's yeah, I, I I watched the first couple seasons of that show.
0: Yeah. So she's in Lock and Key, she's in like three episodes of it. Um mm-hmm. and then she's in a movie called The Stolen Child coming out soon playing the fairy queen. So we'll see what that She definitely
1: about. has the 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 um etherealness of a fairy queen.
0: yeah no she's yeah oh also we should point out this is our first episode uh that features female nudity yep or as it says in uh uh imdb the the story like signifiers are Mm -hmm. female nudity painter artist painting and bare breasts
1: that's the signifiers that they chose for this episode. I mean,
0: there's 39 more, so okay. <laughs> but those are the main ones. Art competition. I
1: thought you were reading the like parent parental warning things, and I was like, they had to warn about painter.
0: <laughs> Severed head, nudity, missing person, bare butt is one of them. Missing I guess. person. Well, I guess Pikmin disappears.
1: Yeah, it's a missing person.
0: And bare butt is referencing, I'm sure, the male model from the beginning. Yeah. Who's dingaling? We do not see.
1: No, we were anticipating it, but we didn't see it.
0: So far, we have seen. Several ding-a-lings, but they're all dead ding-a-lings. Mm-hmm. We've seen bare breasts. We've mm-hmm. seen spoiled bare breasts mm-hmm. because rotting or whatever they're supposed spoiled. to be spoiled. <laughs> And uh, male man man living man but side butt.
1: I when I first saw the carriage scene, I thought she just had a really hairy chest.
0: It did kind of look like that.
1: I that's why probably one of my problems with CGI stuff. But um. again, we
0: don't understand why. I guess the idea is that like he's seeing through the world somehow.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like they, they they more or less say that like you're you're seeing things that normally people can't see. In any case, uh, Pikmin comes back into his life and starts hanging out at his house.
1: I was so mad about that.
0: His son sees the scary painting that Pikmin sent over and starts having night terrors. Mm-hmm. Um, he's having these. He's having these dreams. He finally he he confronts Pikmin in the in the graveyard where Pikmin draws and is like, "Stay away from my family. Stay away from my family. Get out of my life." And Pikmin says, "Look, I'll, get, I'll I I I need your criti- criticism. Come to my house. Look at some stuff I'm working on. If you if you do that, I promise I'll never talk to your family again. I'll destroy all my paintings and I'll pull out of the gallery showing."
1: I'd be like, "No. <laughs> <Yeah>. what? <laughs> Just stay away.
0: He's like, come to my creepy dungeon.
1: Home. I'm good. Uh, uh, and it's a
0: it's a home that Thurber has dreamed about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the family home.
1: yeah. yeah. Um, very cool looking.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very ornate door.
1: We do see uh, his, his, he the confrontation happens because his son wakes up screaming after Pikmin visits. Yeah. And we and he sees the wisps of whatever it is leaving the room. And
0: also his wife is curiously really into Pikmin.
1: Yeah. Uh, and also seances. Uh,
0: yeah. Reminder that Pikmin is played by Crispin Glover, who is a striking looking man, but he's not done up to be striking looking. He's done up yeah. to look like he was just in a car accident the whole time. So yeah. <laughs> uh, his wife is into him, I guess because of the way he talks. Mm-hmm uh Um,
1: yeah so he goes graveyard confrontation and and the graveyard confrontation isn't just like a a, look i'll leave you it's desperate like he he really needs william for some reason
0: yeah yeah Um, they don't again that's that time jump and we don't really understand why yeah like we haven't we've only seen them together like really the once Mm -hmm. looking at paintings and i don't remember thurber saying much no so i I guess it feels
1: like It feels like he needs Thurber to see the paintings for some reason. I
0: guess. Yeah. Like, and why is Thurber seems like at one point pickman's trying to put his paintings into a into a competition, mm-hmm. and all the judges like storm out of the room angrily uh, yeah. because of the paintings. But we don't get the sense that they're seeing anything weird.
1: No. Um. It, it, the episode starts with it seeming like Thurber is the only one affected. Yeah. And then it ends with it seeming like Thurber's the only one not affected not effect- in the same yeah. way as everyone else.
0: Yeah, like, Thurber's distressed by them, and it's ruining his life, but, well, we'll get mm-hmm. to it, because, uh, Pickman takes him down into the basement. It ba- This is kind of the part that follows the short story the most. Yeah. Uh, he shows him the paintings, he shows him some wild paintings, uh... He reveals that he's painting these, cre- and the creatures are cool looking.
1: They're really cool looking.
0: Uh, the paintings we've seen have all kinds of things happening in them. Some are like uh, sort of like witches' Sabbath type things. There's paintings mm-hmm. of his grandmother. There's paintings of some monsters, but there's a lot of paintings of these sort of like frog-like, bug-eyed things. Yeah, uh, not the canine creatures that Lovecraft describes. No. But we do uh, hear
1: some some canine noises though. Yeah. When he's- being like when there's something around him like we see something disappear into the bushes and it's growling and being weird.
0: Right. And you hear a lot of noises in this episode mm-hmm. that aren't sourced. You're just like yeah. it plays a lot of scary sounds. Uh but down there Pikmin's Pigman just reveals to him he's like I'm painting these guys from real life. Does and he, he shows Yeah. Yeah. I, he thought,
1: sh- I thought he he was like I'm just gonna, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. He pulls out like the portfolio and then he gets shot. Like, but he I
0: tells thought- him like after that. He tells him. He's like I yeah, painted yeah. from life. Yeah. Uh whereas in the short story the guy figures it out himself and Pikmin yeah. doesn't get shot because as you said Pikmin gets shot. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh because at this point William is freaking the hell out. Yeah. Understandably so. Um, yeah
0: Pikmin's like, hold on, I'm gonna show you something. He goes into the next room and you hear him saying like, no, hold on, wait, no, no, go back, go back. No, he's a friend of mine. Go back. <laughs> So he's,
1: he's talking <laughs> to something in the other room. Very endearing for some reason.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, there's a well in the room with a lid on it. That's just like in the short story. That also happens.
1: Just like in the ring.
0: And he thinks Pikmin is going to sh- grab. So- like he, Pikmin's like, I'm going to show you something. And he goes to grab something. And when he turns around. T- thurber shoots him
1: to be fair what has pikmin shown thurber that hasn't been horrible and uh not good
0: exactly because he keeps saying the big the big recurring phrase is like i'm gonna show you where fear lives or something
1: yeah but also pikmin is just like they're just paintings man why are you freaking out so much yeah
0: man and what he was going to show him was the photograph yeah of the creature that he had been painting from uh Mm -hmm. but he gets shot and he's like Hey, man, they were real. Good luck. Good luck, buddy. Uh, this is after Thurber has also doused all the paintings in lighter fluid.
1: Which is fair.
0: Yeah, because he's like, I'm going to burn it. Then the, the the lid to the well pops open and out, out comes the Monstar.
1: Which is awesome. Yeah, is this the best monster we've seen so far? This is far? the best monster.
0: Yeah, uh, for 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 readers of Lovecraft, uh, particularly readers of Clark Ashton Smith, this thing looks like Sethagua, the the frog deity. It's the sort of loathsome squatting creature that uh that has like a huge waddle neck and looks like some kind of reptile it's brilliantly realized
1: Mm -hmm. i Uh, love it yeah and does it i can't remember what it looks like (laughs) uh, but i love it
0: does it kill our boy no what's it do
1: it just gobbles up pikmin
0: yep drags him into the the well Mm -hmm. Uh, because these are these are ghouls they feast on the dead Mm -hmm. um now that's where the short story ends but oh no it's not where our story ends
1: no they have to make it worse
0: for, for a boy,
1: not like for the narrative. <laughs> so
0: they're still doing an art showing. I, this is a, a, another part where I got confused mm-hmm. because it's the next
1: day, I take it? I don't think so. I think there's, I think there's multiple time skips that just aren't said that they're time skips. But Pickman
0: was having, going to have a showing at the gallery. It, it
1: takes a while to set up a gallery.
0: I guess, uh, <laughs> but it's the showing of the gallery is coming up. And they, they decided
1: not to use Pickman's paintings.
0: His friend Joe, who we've kind of seen throughout the episode, mm-hmm. uh, has Had been come there in
1: the previous night to do some last minute changes to the gallery.
0: Right, right. Uh, Joe, who's um, who's played by Seamus Patterson. Mm-hmm. Seamus Patterson, who you might know from Channel Zero. Um,
1: who did you play in Channel Zero?
0: A character named JD. What I don't, season? I don't know which season. <laughs> uh, he was also Logan in Degrassi The Next Generation. Uh, and he's on Star Trek Discovery as Cadet Harrell. He's also in a ton of other things. Mm -hmm. But, uh, But Seamus Patterson, not a huge role, but an important role. Uh, because Seamus has been, uh, sorry, Joe has been there all night, uh, and that seems to concern our ne- our, our main character. Who, goes who to
1: wouldn't look it him. concern?
0: Uh, oh, the episode, the, the Channel Zero was The Dream Door. Okay. The Dream Door.
1: Uh, and Joe is the one who brought Pikmin back.
0: Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Later, yeah, in this show, he's like, hey, Pikmin's back. Here he yeah. is.
1: And, and our boy was like, nope, incorrect. <laughs> False. So
0: how's Joe doing? Bad. Oh, no. What's happened to poor Joe? <laughs> he's,
1: he, we, we, he walks in and he sees Joe staring at a painting and then Joe turns around and he's tried to, like, cut his eye out.
0: Yeah. And it's a Pikmin paint. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, he's,
1: he's replaced a bunch of the paintings with Pikmin paintings and William is like, I saw these paintings burn. How did you do this?
0: Yeah. And he turns around. He has the elder sign carved into his forehead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's sliced through one of his own eye,
1: which is a very cool makeup effect.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of hanging out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Thurber naturally panics. He runs. He sees his wife and child looking at a Pikmin painting. He pulls it off the wall, tells them to get the heck out, uh, tells the like gallery person Joe is hurt.
1: I'm going to go get help, remove yeah. the paintings, but don't look at them.
0: <laughs> yeah, he says, remove all the Pikmin paintings and burn them, but don't look at them, <laughs> which led us to wonder.
1: What? <laughs> how?
0: <laughs> how do you remove the paintings if you can't look at them?
1: I just set the gallery on fire at that point.
0: Right. At this point, just get out of the gallery. I'm lighting a match.
1: Yeah. Um, so we not that so- fire did anything last time, apparently. Yeah, right.
0: So he gets home, and this is probably the this is the least Lovecraft scene, mm-hmm. but it's probably the most effective scene because it's yeah. directed really well. I thought
1: it's yeah, um, it is directed really well, and it's just enough upsetting yeah they (laughs) show just enough you understand just enough what's going to happen before he does that. you're like oh oh no yeah so what happened uh he walks he walks in and his his wife seems to be like using a cutting board to make dinner Mm -hmm. and he's like i've I've fixed everything everything's gonna be fine now and she's not responding and you're like "Mm." (laughs) and so he comes over to like hug her and he turns her around and she's missing her eyes
0: yeah, not just missing her eyes; like they are, they are, they are clean gone.
1: Yep. Uh, there's blood all over her face. Uh, she's carved and the
0: she's carved the elder sign into her forehead.
1: Yeah, and uh, she seems. I completely missed what she was cutting. Like I knew what she was cutting because I'd seen this trope before.
0: Yeah, it's clear that it's not nothing good.
1: Yeah. Um. And I knew. I was like, she's either cutting her son's body into pieces, or she's cutting her own hand off. Like, there's there's two and ways this could go.
0: They never call attention to it. Because Mm -hmm. when she's facing him, it's either like over the shoulder shots, or it's kind of at a like three quarter shot, like it's kind of at a distance. Mm-hmm. But in her hand, her left hand is is the, uh, furthest away from the camera. Yeah. But you can see blood pooling on the ground if you look. Mm-hmm. And then when she turns back around to continue cutting, you can see that her fingers are just barely dangling onto her hand. And it, but yeah. it's really quick, and it's not framed, like it's not center frame. It's just just sort of happening. Uh,
1: There's the he like he, that's the least important thing in his mind right now (laughs)
0: exactly there's so much going on and she says like i've seen where fear is because she you know she and the boy looked at the painting uh and she's like and he starts screaming and she's like quiet you're gonna ruin dinner
1: and he's like where's where's our son
0: yeah and then what happened
1: uh well he he freaks out about it happening to her and then she's like you're gonna like you're gonna ruin dinner and he's like where's our son and i really liked this this shot Mm-hmm. Because you just see this look of absolute disgust come across his face. Yeah. Like, he knows that this isn't his wife anymore, but there's still that instinctual, like, human instinct of when somebody, like, especially a maternal figure, murders a kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, this this look of hatred crosses his face. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I really like that. He goes over to the oven. Um, we s- The oven is interesting. Mm-hmm. Because of the way that it, uh, it sort of like burns uh, at the bottom. Like it, it like smoke or something rises. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to explain. I like the way they did that. And he opens it and his kid's head is in there.
0: Yep. She's cooking the son's head. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. Like the episode just ends. He's like, oh, no. I'm just um, going to
1: assume that uh, they were successful in burning the paintings that time. <laughs> and the world didn't end.
0: Right. Because they keep saying, you know, the paintings are showing you what's coming. Mm-hmm. Like these things are going to rise up. Now, a few a few points of order. First of all, setting this at Miskatonic University in the beginning, I cannot believe that the teachers and the art staff have not ever seen horrifying paintings before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the school that houses the Necronomicon. Yep. There's no way there haven't been creepy paintings in any of those art classes before. There's no
1: way this this painting class isn't a creepy painting class (laughs) Uh,
0: right Um, the, the 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 nightmare he has where he dreams about Lavinia, who never really comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought she was going to play a bigger part in the in the climax of this, but uh, you know, she kind of is haunting him. The the, yeah. the you see all these people sitting around. Uh, apparently, one of them is supposed. He looks like Rasputin. Is supposed to be Rasputin. I think they're all supposed to represent various occultists from like mm-hmm. the early twentieth century and the late nineteenth century. Um, but there's like. Like the, the food is alive and there's like an octopus crawling over a human face. Like it's it's pretty effective.
1: The visuals in this episode are really good, but they don't have a lot to do with the plot of the episode. <laughs>
0: yeah. It reminded me a bit of the first episode mm-hmm. in that there's a lot of backstory here that doesn't ever pay off. Yeah. Um, the lore which is, is
1: really cool, yeah. but we don't need it.
0: <laughs> and this one's like there's so much going on with Pikmin's background with these creepy paintings with like seeing the other side with the with the with the elder sign that with Yug sothoth being in tone because he keeps dreaming about these cultists intoning Yug sothoth i that,
1: think oh sorry
0: i was just gonna say that that you're like okay where's this all adding up to and then it just kind of ends with him's wife going crazy and killing their son
1: this would have been a good last episode for if it, they did it in two parts mm. like i think they could have done a two-parter with this one like one part he's young and he's at the university and then the next part he's old and this is happening now
0: or just have it be with him old
1: yeah I, but uh i think if they wanted to use all of the lore and like expand on it more like they seemed to want to do in this i think that that's a way that they could have done it right it or finale. Like,
0: if you were doing an hp lovecraft based tv series like mm-hmm. an, an ongoing narrative like pikmin would be a character that's what it is this felt like the the pikmin storyline from a full season of an H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft show that we've just edited all the Pikmin stuff down to an hour long mm-hmm. so you can enjoy it. It felt like a bunch of cut scenes. Like, yeah. And you're like, oh, if you, the Lavinia stuff pays off in the Dunwich horror plot line. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the Elder Sign stuff pays off in the Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath plot line. Uh, so you, you know, we, but we just cut it so just so you can watch all the Pikmin stuff because that's cool. Like that's, yeah, it felt like you're getting bits and pieces.
1: Maybe if they do future seasons of the show... They'll have an episode focusing on each member of the family, mm. and it will pay off that way.
0: Well, like I don't know. Did you see Marvel's What If? No, I didn't. Uh, it's animated series on Disney that's mm-hmm. set in the MCU. But what's interesting is it's it's an anthology show. Yeah. But the episodes all end up playing into each other mm-hmm. by the end, and I'm so I'm wondering if this will come. Maybe if they do a season two, maybe some of this will come back.
1: Yeah, because like, uh, we've that we've be had fun. some some Lovecraft imagery and stuff already. Right. Um, And, you know, that is a possibility. It turns out everything is connected all the time.
0: Now, Lovecraft, uh, as we talked about up top, Lovecraft has been adapted into, you know, different kinds of media all the time. Mm -hmm. And Pickman's model has been adapted several times. Uh, It was adapted into a 1971 issue of Marvel's Tower of Shadows that I'm going to want to show you. Oh, no real quick it's a very faithful adaptation actually um like story-wise but the the paintings of pickman's if you if you want to look so the so pickman's paintings aren't exactly Let me see. Terror-inducing.
1: Why is Doctor Strange in here?
0: So, and also, yeah, Pikmin looks like Doctor Strange. (laughs) He's wearing a Doctor Strange cloak. He has a goatee and, like, swept-back hair. He looks like Doctor Strange. Uh, The paintings just aren't that scary.
1: No, they look like Marvel monster paintings. The main ghoul is a snake-headed
0: angry man muscle man
1: a snake haired angry man excuse with, me with
0: three snakes growing out of his head and what i love is he takes uh thurber takes the paint the picture runs off and oh no it's real it's a real teenage mutant into turtle villain <laughs> <laughs> now uh alan moore adapted the story in his uh neon uh providence uh comic book, which adapts a bunch of different H.B. Lovecraft stories. I am not a fan of Alan Moore's Lovecraft stuff because uh, Alan Moore's whole take is always if Lovecraft were writing today, it would be a lot more nudity, sex and rape uh, because that's Alan Moore for you. But uh, mm-hmm. his take on the monster is this, this, this gentleman. Uh, I actually like his adaptation of Pickman's model mm-hmm. because the Pickman character brings the Thurber character. They have different names. Brings the Thurber character and he's like turn your back. I'm going to bring up my model and then they're allowed to actually talk and this is more like lovecraft's ghouls who are who are intelligent creatures like they can talk they can read they can carry on conversation uh, I feel like
1: the first the first panel uh-huh <laughs> he just looks like a guy he's sitting, he's like, just a sitting a guy, like a guy
0: his penis and testicles hanging out that's true we did we
1: We've seen it's we're four for four on our or four for five on our our uh, because it's an Alan Moore episode. comic. <laughs> yep, <laughs>
0: um, but uh, but I actually like Moore's take on it because you actually get the more Lovecraftian goals again. I'm not a huge fan of Moore's Lovecraft. I think it's he tries too hard he tries way mm-hmm. too hard but uh and then of course i mentioned up top the night gallery episode where where i'm going to try i'm going to pull up i'm going to pull up the pikmin just so, i want you to see what pikmin looks like in the in the night gallery episode um which is for completists only but um so pikmin in night gallery just has the most beautiful head of hair you've ever seen damn holy
1: Uh, shmoby for
0: those who can't see it bradford dillman plays him and it is literally a football helmet of hair uh it's a nightmare have you replied
1: to 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 jillian's comment yet
0: my friend jillian said is the adaptation any better than the one in cabinet of curiosities no the conversation i had uh was just all i don't have i haven't seen it yet please stop trying to spoil it for me (laughs) um but I will say that people online did not like this episode. Uh, they thought it was they thought it was too over the top. They thought it was junky. Uh, I liked this episode.
1: Yeah, I did too. It I, didn't make a lot of sense, and there was some weird writing choices done. Yeah. And man, did there was some weird writing choices done. But I liked it anyways.
0: Yeah, as as I've said in the past, and as I you uh, know, and my philosophy is, I appreciate something trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. They tried to do too much, I think. Yeah. Uh, too many ideas. But I'd rather have too many interesting ideas than no interesting
1: ideas. I just like looking at it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it as was a
1: beautiful. It was super beautifully done.
0: Yeah, you noted several times you're like, this show has had some great cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, the design work, of course, the creature design is great. Um,
1: I didn't like how much CGI was in this episode. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I feel like the monster was practical but enhanced with CGI. yeah. Like that's what it felt like. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's true, but uh, but it did feel like the the creature was there, but then wasn't there. Like I don't know. I don't know who did all the all the creature design, all the like artwork. Um, I'm not sure who did all that. I'll have to look it up. Maybe I'll mention it in the next episode. But uh, it's all great. It's all great looking. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So that was uh, that was Pikmin's model based loosely on the short story by H.P. Lovecraft. Probably the best pikmin's model we're going to get as of now it's what
1: it's real look at it's a real puppet is it yeah look at look at my screen look at your screen it's
0: a real puppet ladies and Mm -hmm. gentlemen so but definitely enhanced with cgi yes oh it it was
1: too it was too gushy to not be enhanced with cgi
0: one final thing i want to show you i want to show you hp lovecraft's actual drawing that he did of pikmin's model uh and i Wish and and ladies and gentlemen, just Google this. Maybe I'll post it on Twitter. I wish that they had. the for this episode. I wish that they had simply used this as the painting. Oh no! Uh,
1: (laughs) What is that? (laughs) This
0: is. H. P. Lovecraft felt the need to be like. I'm just going to clear up what pikmin's model looks like. Why is it?
1: Why is it a half horse fish graveyard man?
0: It looks like a a drawing. It looks like a drawing done by an 11 year old. (laughs) <laughs> it's my favorite picture of a lovecraft. why does he, it have a horse tail it's got a little tail it's got it's kind of like it's it's all hunched over it's got tusks i guess it's got fur on its back it, i don't know it is hilarious. it looks like
1: its head is a house on a hill in the background
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is a poor drawing um and i love it to death so willow yeah do you have any idea what our next episode is going
1: to be Nope, I've closed Netflix.
0: That is fine. Uh, next up on Guillermo del Toro's ca- oh, and I, of course Guillermo del Toro would have loved like this is all. There's hand trauma in this, if nothing else.
1: Yes, there's there's eye trauma, hand trauma. There's cool art. There's uh cool visuals. There's a monster, uh, tortured artist, tortured father figure, yeah. tortured child, uh, upset mother figure who dies at the end, or who kills the child at the end. There's a lot of yeah. Yeah, there's a
0: lot. <laughs> like this is this descent into the, the underworld. Of it-
1: yeah, the ending of it felt weirdly like Mama to me. I don't know why.
0: Mm, interesting.
1: Um, it also sort of felt like uh, uh, the the one about in, the dark one. What is it called? The uh, the one about fairies. Oh, uh, don't be um, afraid of the dark. Don't be afraid of the yeah. dark. Like a sort of uh, like a other ending to that yeah. one. Yeah,
0: yeah. There is a. I mean, obviously, you're getting into like other world. You're getting into otherworldly creatures. Uh, like you're dealing with, you're messing with stuff you shouldn't be messing with. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah, there is that, like, which is very Del Toro-y.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He loves those creatures from another world who are who we're not supposed to be talking to.
1: And this is his cabinet of curiosities.
0: Yeah. And they do suggest in this episode that, uh, that uh, Pikmin is descended from these things or is related. Yeah. Uh, but next episode is going to be an adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft's uh-huh. The Dreams in the Witch House... Adapted by Catherine Hardwick, the director of Thirteen, Lords of Dogtown, Twilight, Red Riding Hood, uh, a very famous uh, director, uh, a very visual director whose work I like. She directed, in my opinion, the weirdest of the Twilight movies, the first one, uh, <laughs> back when you know they were allowed to be weird. And, uh, and it is written by Mika Watkins. Who you might know from the TV series *Origin*, the TV series *Dixie*, uh, uh, th- those two things. You, you might know her writing from that. So uh, next they, episode, you
1: think they're, they're going to tie in anything from this episode to it?
0: I am very curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very curious. It's got a heck of a cast, too. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. So next time, uh, Dreams in the Witch House. But until that time, uh, you can check us out while it still exists on Twitter, (laughs) at (laughs) Del Toro Time, or go to Facebook. It's Del Toro Time on Facebook. We update. Uh, If you have any comments about the show, make sure you write to us uh, on Twitter or Facebook, where we post. Let us know. If you like the show, uh, like and review our show on whatever platform you're using. We'd appreciate it.
1: Yeah. And hopefully our democracy still exists when you're listening to this episode.
0: Yeah. In one form or another. And if you're one of the people who the democracy has actually never existed for because you're part of a group that has constantly been pooped on by uh, this country, I hope by the time you listen to this uh maybe it's looking maybe a tiny bit less dire um mm-hmm. but if not um uh i'm sorry to leave it on that down note uh,
1: it's voting uh, day for us right now Yeah, so it's election yeah. day so yeah.
0: uh please uh oh my goodness oh my goodness in any case
1: uh <laughs> next please episode please let the hp lovecraft monsters come and devour our our, our beings mm-hmm. goodbye Thank everyone you. i'm phil and i'm willow
0: <laughs> and we'll see you when
1: it's, it's our time